Money FM 89.3, the best of prime time. Market View on Money FM 89.3. That's right. You're listening to Money FM 89.3. I'm Chua Tian with your market view. Now we'll keep you up to speed with the key macroeconomic and market movements in the U.S. as we end the week. Now earlier, U.S. producer prices out midweek showed. Producer price index decreased 0.5% on the monthly basis for December. Now that is lower than November's revised 0.2% increase. And December's annual PPI figure also came in lower than the previous month. So question is, to what extent can be... Can this be taken as a sign that inflation has peaked and is a 25 basis point rate increase by the Fed in sight? And also with the earnings season in full swing, how have big names such as Netflix and PNG Fed and which are the outperforming sectors to watch? Also, what is the outlook ahead for the tech sector with industry heavyweights Microsoft, Amazon cutting a total of 28,000 workers? Now for more, let's speak to Luca Paulini, Chief Strategist at Pictay Asset Management. Well, Luca, welcome to the show. Hello, hello. Uh, great to have you. And Luca, maybe let's start with the U.S. U.S. producer prices out midweek. Uh, the PPI for final demand was down 0.5% on month. Uh, how do you read into this piece of data? Do you think inflation has peaked? Is this a case of uh, bad news being read as good news? Yeah, look, I think that when you look at the U.S., but not only, by the way, that's true for most other countries, maybe with the exception of Japan, inflation is falling uh, rapidly. Uh, I have to say probably faster than more than everybody was expecting just a few months ago. And, and yeah, if you look at the PPI, the numbers were pretty, pretty significant. But mm. if you get pretty much the same story when you look at the CPI. Oh, so okay. there is a significant decline, especially in goods prices. So actually, when you look at the U.S., there is already disinflation, mm. deflation. Uh, goods prices are falling. So I think... When you look at the good price, you look at rents that are picking, in, in, if you look on a, on, a, on a real-time basis, commodity prices falling, it's a picture of a very significant decline in inflation. But remember, we start from a very high level. So, you know, 5% looks good, but it's still far too high for central banks to feel comfortable about it. So that's why good news, yes, but not probably good enough for central banks to ease the pressure on, on rates and monetary policy. Right. And so far, um, Luca, we have seen a number of Fed officials speaking over the week and they seem rather, I wouldn't say hawkish, but they have indicated that the work is not done yet. They still need to take interest rates higher to get inflation down. So how likely is a 25 basis point rate increase when officials meet on the 31st of January? Well, the market seems um, to, uh, to have a different view from, uh, from the Fed members, right? The Fed is basically telling us that there is no chance really of, uh, of a rate cut this year, of any rate cut. The market seems to, to, to assume that come the end of this year, there will be quite significant cuts in the U.S. Mm. Uh, but we have this, this kind of discrepancy is not unusual. And I have to say that even when you look at the Fed, within the Fed there is a discussion, uh, a debate, if uh, 25 basis points will be more appropriate than 50. The reality, though, is that we have probably have two additional hikes uh, before the end of monetary tightening. I think it's probably 25 basis points is more uh, likely than 50. Okay. But I don't, think, I don't think that will make a huge difference. The, the, the story is we are approaching the end of monetary tightening, and I think that obviously is going to be positive for markets in general. 
Right. So away from the macroeconomy, Luca, I want to take a look at corporates' earnings. A number of big banks reported last week. Now companies like Netflix, uh, Procter & Gamble has reported as well. So to what extent were the earnings within expectations and which are the outperforming sectors that we have to watch? Well, you know, when you look at the earnings season, first of all, we're just at the beginning. So it's difficult to draw conclusions. We have to wait at least a couple of weeks. When you look at the consensus numbers, um, they are now weaker than they were at the beginning of the earnings season. That tells mm-hmm. me that the general trend in earnings is still down. Yes, we have a couple of companies that have beat expectations. But I think what is more important now is to look at the guidance the companies are saying. And the guidance is very weak at the end of the day. Uh, job cuts, um, there are a lot of CEOs expressing concerns about demand. Um, so I, I think overall we believe that earnings will be under pressure, but it's mm. also true that the expectations are very low. So it's not clear how the market will react. I think that the earnings season, though, will, will point to a significant acceleration in earnings. And again, they're already in the U.S. Earnings, year year, are down 2%. So we're already in an earnings recession. Uh, so to speak. So I think we'll see in the next couple of weeks, but I I fear that the bad news will be more than the good news in in this earnings season. Mm, So maybe the outperforming sectors, we still need some time to sort of assess. But uh, do you think there are any sectors to avoid on that note? Well, look, we are very cautious still on cyclical sectors that have rebounded quite strongly in 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 the past few weeks. And the reason why we are cautious is because we still don't see uh, the precondition for a stable uh, bull market. Yeah. You know, the yield curve in the U.S. not only is, ver- is inverted, earnings have been basically downgraded, and also the valuation of cyclical assets is not particularly depressed, right? So I mm. think that the preconditions for a stable and sustained rally are not there, and right. the fact that equity has gone up quite significantly in the past few weeks make us actually a little bit more cautious about the outlook for the next three to six months. Mm. And uh, on that note, speaking of the different sectors, I just want to find out, uh, well, Luca, we have Microsoft mm. and Amazon, the tech sector, right? Microsoft and Amazon industry heavyweights cutting a total of 28,000 jobs to offset slowing sales. Uh, yeah. To what extent do you think the tech sector is investable right now? Do you consider that as being a cyclical sector? It is a very, it's a very good question because within the tech sectors, there are, let's say, uh, companies, let's say, like Microsoft, are almost like utilities in a way yeah. that everybody has. So I think you have to be very, very kind of, then there is the semiconductor is incredibly cyclical, for example. I think, though, that we have probably underestimated uh, the cyclicality of some part of tech. But the reason why tech is struggling is mainly because of uh, higher interest rates. And interest rates have peaked. So I think uh, I, I think the tech is absolutely investable. Uh, I think that um, the combination of um, a stabilization potentially in growth and the decline in bond yield should be supportive for tech. But probably they will still have a few months where, uh, again, we're going to get bad, bad news on earnings. Uh, but I, I honestly believe that this year for tech, especially in the second part of the year, could be quite good. It's just not the time right now. To, uh, to invest heavily in, um, in tech. And you mentioned the job cuts. Mm. Um, obviously, it's bad news if you, if you are affected, but the reality is that uh, the tech companies in the U.S., and not only, they are showing flexibility in a, in a period of, of, of falling margins in a way. So I think for shareholders, it's good news they're taking action now and they're not waiting 
for more weakness ahead. So, no, I think that the sector is absolutely investable. It's the place to be in the long term, but I think probably mm. it's better to be uh, a little bit cautious for a couple of months, for a few months before uh, buying um, the sector again. Right, right. And you, you talk about them having prospects in the long term. And speaking of that, um, Apple shares were down, Tesla shares were down, and it seems like ARK Invest, uh, Katie Wood's ARK Invest, is taking up or rather bullish on Tesla. What do you think about that? Is this a time for bargain buys, or do you maintain the the view that we should still wait a few months to wait and see? Look, first of all, I don't see Tesla uh, as a tech company. And ah, okay. I think, again, we have to have every, every company has its own kind of uh, story in a way. Uh, my point is that a lot of stocks have done extremely well in the pandemic, uh, now they're struggling. They're struggling because the pandemic basically is coming to an end because interest rates are different. Uh, and if you want, you know, valuations that were exceptionally high in 2020 and 21, they're back to more normal values. So I wouldn't, in a way, um, put too much weight on the decline mm-hmm. because before there was a massive boom. So effectively, what, what, what I'm saying is right. that we are slowly coming back to the pre-COVID kind of trend. And so I don't see anything strange, yeah. uh, but it is true that companies need to show they can generate profit even in a difficult environment. Some companies can, some others can't, and then they're the ones that are punished by, by, by the market. All right. If you're just tuning in, we're now speaking to Luca Paulini, Chief Strategist at Pictet Asset Management. Well, Luca, um, we talked about the rounds of layoffs just now at Microsoft, Amazon. Uh, could the current lo- round of layoffs we saw in Silicon Valley spur a new generation of tech startups? And could this just be the reset that we very much need to see at this point in time? Well, look, I think to have a reset, you need probably, and hopefully it's not going to happen, a significant or protracted recession. So what we are seeing now, effectively, some tech companies, and not only, by the way, because banks are also announced job cuts, uh, Mm -hmm. effectively uh, reacting uh, to weakness in demand. Uh, So to have a real reset, you need to have probably a deeper downturn that affect the entire kind of... uh, uh, the entirety of firms or sectors, I think it's too early to tell because I don't expect a significant recession mm-hmm. or a deep recession uh, globally. So I suspect these are more like uh, um, opportunistic measures taken to uh. support um, kind of margins more than a complete reset of, uh, of, of, of the sector. Obviously, the sector, the tech sector especially, is rapidly evolving, but I don't think this is the beginning of something big. No, it's more like an adjustment to weaker demand. And also, the boom they've seen before, let's not forget, there's been a boom in tech, was absolutely mm. incredible until a year ago. Right, right. And it's inevitable at some point that demand will weaken. Right, and Luca, uh, as we wrap up the conversation, I do want to talk about the US dollar, which seems to be on a decline on sentiment that the Fed may pivot its hawkish stance somewhere down the road, maybe maybe in the second half of the year. But what do you think is the short-term outlook for the dollar? Which are the levels to watch? Well, look, we, we have been calling for a um, peak in the dollar for months. And I have to say that the, uh, we have to go back why the dollar has been strong last year, because the US economy has been resilient because the Fed has been uh, hiking rates before the rest of the world. And obviously, the geopolitical situation was in favor of safe haven currencies. Now the situation is, is, is different. The U.S. is not performing anymore in, terms of, in economic terms. The Fed is coming close to an end of tightening, and the dollar is significantly expensive. So we have seen an almost 15% decline since September. I think this trend will continue. 
but you, you are not going to see a collapse in the dollar because there is still too much geopolitical risk, risk aversion in the market. But for us, September was a cyclical and secular peak in the dollar, and there will be more weakness ahead. Uh, and, and we haven't changed our view. Mm, I see. And uh, overall, Luca, how do you think we as investors, retail investors in particular, how should we position our portfolios for this year's? Which are the sectors, asset classes that we ought to be turning to? Look, we expect um, very um, well single digit returns for both equities and bonds. Ah, Uh, I have to say that our strategy is to be um, overweight emerging market. We think that Again, when you look at emerging markets, the weakness of the dollar, the reopening in China, valuation, they're all supportive for emerging markets in general, equities and bonds. So I think investors would be well advised, I think, to increase a little bit exposure into emerging markets. But also, let's not forget that some fixed income or, or asset classes that start to become quite attractive in terms of valuation. And we are thinking about U.S. treasuries, U.S. investment-grade bonds, uh, and we also have a little bit of, we think a gold could oh, be okay. an interesting hedge yep. in a period of a falling on a falling uh, dollar. So a little bit of everything. But again, we are still relatively cautious mm. um, in terms of uh, market direction. And we see only towards the end of this year uh, a significant improvement in the macroeconomic condition that would allow equity investors to, uh, to be a little bit more uh, positive for, for the future. All right, interesting days ahead. Thanks very much, Luca. That was Luca Paulini, Chief Strategist at Pictet Asset you. Management. Thank you very much for joining us on Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.